Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. Sunday is a little bit different to lots of Sundays in that we talk specifically around an annual offering. Rise and Build is our annual offering that goes above our usual tithes and offerings that we commit to God and, uh, and really talk about what that is going to accomplish. So this morning, I'm just really going to read the Bible to you for a little while and, uh, and really let the Word of God take hold of our hearts. Then we're going to do a live-ish cross to Daniel um, Urquhart in the other building and, uh, and then Pastor Daz is going to come and um, talk to us about specifically about rise and build. So I'm just I've got heaps of scriptures, so I'm going to read them to you. Is anyone up to hear the word of God this morning? <laughs> so hilarious! Like it's just the dumbest thing to say in church, but you get all this engagement because as if you're not going to say that you want to hear the word of God in church. If you're from Spectrum and you want to head out to have a youth breakout outside, go ahead and do that. Follow all those people and that massive sign up the back there. Uh, don't feel awkward. Just like do a commando roll out of your seat and crawl up the aisle and no one will even notice that you're there. All right, 1 Chronicles, Chronicles, chapter 13, verse 8. I want us to look at this morning for these few scriptures, the heart of the people behind what's happening here, the heart of the people. This is the ark returning to Jerusalem, 1 Chronicles 13, 8. David and all the Israelites were celebrating with all their might before God with songs and with harps, lyres, tambourines, cymbals and trumpets. Did anyone bring their trumpet this morning? No, okay, that's right. You can just do these ones. Okay, 1 Chronicles 13, 8. Oh, no, I didn't mean that. Anyway. 1 Chronicles 29, let's keep reading. Hang on, hang on. No, I have to stop there. I went to the Eye Openers dinner last night. Did anyone else go? How good was it? So much fun. Dr. Kapoor, is that his name? He gets up there and dances like nobody's business, like nobody wants any of that business, (laughs) but he's the best. He celebrates with all his might because he's got a little bit of Indian music playing and he goes for it. Like like we're in the house of God this morning and these people, the Israelites were celebrating with all their might and I just think that God could get a little bit of that on us, on the inside of us folks. Does anyone agree with me? Okay, 1 Chronicles chapter 29 says, Blessed are you, O Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth, yours is the dominion, O Lord, and you exalt yourself as head over all. Both riches and honour come from you and you rule over all. And in your hand is power and might and it lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. This is King David talking. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to offer as generously as this? You see, they're all coming to bring their offering to God. And he's saying, who am I? Who are we that we should be able to offer as generously as this? For all things come from you and from your hand we have given you. For we are sojourners before you and tenants. We're just, we're just taking up space here. We're just occupying this place. As all our fathers were, our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no hope. Oh, Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided to build you a house for your holy name, it is from your hand and all is yours. 
Since I know, O my God, that you try the heart and delight in uprightness, I, in the integrity of my heart, have willingly offered all these things. King David's saying, I've offered myself. So now with joy, I've seen your people who are present here make their offerings willingly to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, our fathers, preserve this forever in the intentions of the heart of your people and direct their heart to you. This is the heart of the people. 2 Chronicles chapter 29. Now we're back to the, the children of Israel being exiled. Uh, they've got a good king who's, who's making good decisions. Then Hezekiah gave the, offer, the order to offer the burnt offerings on the altar. When the burnt offerings began, the song to the Lord also began with the trumpets accompanied by the instruments of David, king of Israel. While the whole assembly worshipped, the singers also sang and the trumpets sounded. All this continued until the burnt offering was finished. Now at the completion of the burnt offerings, the king and all who were present with him bowed down and worshipped. Moreover, King Hezekiah and all the officials ordered the Levites to sing praises to the Lord with the words of David and Asaph the seer. So they sang praises with joy and bowed down and worshipped. Then Hezekiah said, Now that you have consecrated yourselves to the Lord, come near and bring sacrifices and thank offerings to the house of the Lord. And the assembly brought sacrifices and thank offerings. They brought lots of, lots of things, lots of animals, lots of stats there, uh, etc. Uh, verse 36, Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced over what God had prepared for the people because the thing came about suddenly. That's what I'm believing for this morning, that this thing is going to come about suddenly. There's going to be a suddenly to it. Ezra chapter 3, when they go back, they've, they've been gone for a long time now. They've been exiled for a long time, but Ezra gets to go back. Just, I just want you to catch the heart of the people here. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets and the Levites with cymbals took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love to Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the, ha of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. I just think about the people that have sowed into the kingdom of God. No matter what church you've been a part of, no matter what city you've lived in, when you've been sowing into the house of God, the the, the the fact that a foundation is being laid, the fact that a renovation is being done, this is part of your inheritance of that happening. I think about all the people that paid for that Blue Cross building to be built. People from different towns that didn't even live here at the time helped pay for that. And when the people who were originally part of this church gathered in the hall across the road and prayed for this whole block of land, the fact that this is coming about right now is something phenomenal. And I, I could just imagine that, that they're weeping aloud, that the people watching on are, and have gone before us are weeping aloud and we're shouting for joy at the work being done. I'm going to continue on. The all-in nature, the all-in nature of this kind of giving. Then King David said to the entire assembly, uh, this is 1 Chronicles 29 again. No, Daz is going to read that later. We're going to skip that. 2 Chronicles chapter 8, 2 Chronicles chapter 8. Now it came about at the end of the 20 years in which Solomon had built the house of the Lord and his own house, that he built the cities which Huram had given him, and he settled the sons of Israel there. Then Solomon went to Hamath Zobah and captured it. He built Tadmor in the wilderness and all the storage cities which he had built in Hamath. He also built Upper Beth Horon and Lower Beth Horon, fortified cities with walls, gates and bars. 
what I'm saying here is he spent 20 years to build the house of the Lord. And then when that was done, he went about getting other stuff done. But his priority first was building the house of the Lord because that was the command that God had given him. So he did that and then he went about and got everything else done. Okay. Now you might say, Bron, uh, I appreciate what you're saying here, but I give regularly and I pay my tithes and offerings. And so I don't really know the point of what we're doing here today. Let me read to you from 2 Chronicles 31. Verse 2, and Hezekiah appointed the divisions of the priests and the Levites by their divisions, each according to his service, both the priests and the Levites for burnt offerings and for peace offerings, to minister and to give thanks and to praise in the gates of the camp of the Lord. He also appointed the king's portion of his goods, so he, out of his own pocket, gave to the offerings. Uh, Verse 4, also he commanded the people who lived in Jerusalem to give the portion due to the priests. And then it spread. And then verse 5, as soon as the order spread, the sons of Israel provided in abundance the first fruits of grain, new wine, oil, honey, and all the produce of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of all. Then in verse 6, the sons of Israel and Judah who lived in the cities also brought in their tithe of oxen and sheep and the tithe of sacred gifts which were consecrated. So they gave their first fruits offering. They gave an offering for the house of the Lord and then they brought their tithes in. So this was separate to their usual tithes. Deuteronomy chapter 16 talks about the festivals. It goes on with, I think, three festivals. And it says, Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. You know, he says, first of all, he says, Come joyfully into the presence of God. Come joyfully into the festival. So he's talking about our heart first. And then he says, Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord God has blessed you. So I just want to free you this morning for if you're wondering about your ability, because the Bible very clearly states that it's according to your ability. It's not beyond your ability. It's according to your ability in these scriptures here it talks about. So in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. In Ezra chapter 2, it says, When they arrived at the house of the Lord in Jerusalem, some of the heads of the families gave freewill offerings toward the rebuilding of the house of God on its site. According to their ability, they gave to the treasury for this work, according to their ability. Now, You might be thinking, Bron, everything you just read is from the Old Testament. And aren't we in the New Testament? Aren't we under the New Covenant? Yes, of course we are. We definitely are. So I'm going to read to you from the New Testament. And uh, and when I think about according to your ability, and I believe in according to your ability, I just want to show you from the New Testament a higher offering again, a different offering, a higher level of offering from Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, And watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, according to their ability, of course. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth. They all gave according to their ability. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything all she had to live in on. (laughs) So I believe this morning that God is calling people to give according to their ability. But I believe that God's able to call some people to give beyond their ability, to to actually take a step of faith and give. I know that that sounds ridiculous, but I believe that God is calling some people to do that this morning. And so what I encourage you to do this morning is to just listen for what God would have you do and be obedient to that. Don't be stirred or um, in any way um, emotively uh, manhandled by this, but just simply listen for what God would have you do and be obedient to that. Let him know that you are trustworthy in that. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, 
speaking of that higher offering. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty whirled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. All I encourage you to do this morning as you listen and as you pray and as you ask God what he would have you do, simply be obedient to what he says. And if he says nothing, then I would encourage you to do it according to your ability because that's clearly here. To, according to how he has blessed you in proportion to that, give out of that. All right. Well, we've got uh, a very special thing right now because uh, Dan Urquhart is standing by in the building over there. Um, and uh, so we're just going to... Um, I switch to that live screen now, and I'll just say, uh, uh, "Oh, good day, Dan. Yeah, good day. You? You're in your work clothes. Um, yeah. So, how's it how's it looking over there, Dan? How's it looking? Oh, a bit of problem with the satellite. I think. Well, as you can see, Bron, we're nearly completed with our demo works. If you have a pan around, we've got all of the uh, bowling alley timbers gone, all the alleys, um, all the internal walls, the ceiling, the insulation. Um, we're all but complete with our demolition works um, and we've got the DA out of council which is really exciting. We're just waiting on the construction certificate which will give us the ability to be able to commence and, um, and yeah so stage one which is the demolition is all but complete. Oh wow Dan that's great. Um, can you just show us around in there like what's it look like in there at the moment? What's, gonna, what's it going to look like? Alright guys so we're standing in the, in the foyer of the new church. What we're going to do is have a bit of a walk around and um, have a look what it's going to look like after Good a bit idea. of uh, time and uh, money. Uh, so let's start at the front. Okay. Okay. So we're at the entryway of the church. Um, what we're going to have is a ramp here to the left. Yep. Um, the whole front facade here is going to be replaced with something a little bit more modern. Good. The good. stairs are going to stay um, as they are, except obviously we're going to retile them. Um, and then we're going to have a deck here to the left. Um, and this existing window, which is here, um, is going to be replaced by a sliding door so you can access the deck, um, which is going to make it look really, uh, really nice, really modern, but also um, really practical because we'll be able to, be able to use the, the front of the block. So pretty Great. exciting. Yeah, get, take us inside, Dan. Come inside. Yeah, okay. Good. Great idea. All right, so we're inside. So this is going to be the foyer area. We're going to, uh, this is actually going to look really amazing when you first walk in because the yeah. ceilings are going to be as high as they are now. Yep. Um, we're going to have a, a really nice lining on the underside of the ceiling here. Haven't quite decided what we're going to use, but whatever we use, it's going to be really, really nice. Um, to the right, we've got the kitchen area. Um, this is a really good kitchen. It's a really good setup, even as it is, but we're just going to modernise it. Uh, we're going to make it um, uh, more functional for the kitchen staff, but also really accessible for everybody that comes to church. So we're really excited about that area. And then we've got this amazing um, floor area for everybody to gather um, after church and before. And so this is going to be decked out with, um, you know, uh, with everything that we, we currently have and more. Um, it's going to be a really, really, really good area. So we're very excited about the size of this, this, um, this foyer area. 
Great. Is Come through, lo- we'll have a look at yep. the church auditorium. Okay, yeah. Is there lots of construction stuff around and things like that? Ooh. Step over the wires and oh. all the construction yeah. stuff. Yeah. There you go, boys. Oh, yeah. Okay, so what we're standing on here at the moment is, again, going to be part of the foyer area. This particular section that we're standing on is going to be built up. Mm. And we're going to have an entryway to the auditorium through a big door here. And that floor height is going to be transferred right through to here. Okay. And we're going to have a ramp to the left yep. and a ramp to the right. Um, and then we're going to have a ramp back down into the foyer area. Because as you can see at the moment, it's all um, different levels. Uh, different levels, um, different levels. So essentially what happens is as we walk into the uh, auditorium, the ceiling height is going to get even higher, which is going to look amazing. Uh, we're going to have cry rooms to the left and to the right for, for our families that have young kids. So yep. that's going to be great. And then plenty of seating. Come down, have a look. We're going to have plenty of seating, as you can see, in our auditorium. Just have a look at the size of this, of this area. It's going to be absolutely amazing. There's no columns in our way. There's nothing uh, to obstruct the view of the stage. It's nice. just, it was like this building was created just for a church. It's an amazing spot. Um, in the middle of the back of that wall there, we're going to have the stage, which is going to be um, probably twice the size of the stage we have now, which is amazing. Um, and the guys are going to be set up somewhere about here in the middle for, for the sound desk, which will be out of everyone's way. So that'll be really good. And, um, and the ceiling lining in here and all the lighting and all that kind of stuff will be underway shortly. Again, we're not quite decided exactly what that's going to look like yet, but um, <coughs> whatever we do, we know it's going to look good. So, Dan, oh, NBN. Uh, Dan, what's it going to take, like, for us to help? Yeah, really good question, Bron. So, obviously, it's going to take all of us guys working together. This is our new church. We're really excited about it. It's actually quite a large building. And so, to be able to, um, to fit this out to, to be our new church is, is going to, cost-wise, it's going to be over $400,000. Um, and that, that's going to include everything we've spoken about, everything I've walked you through, and then um, some areas I didn't take you to, which I can if you like. You're probably not interested, no, but the right. toilet areas, no, doing up good. the kitchen. Um, the facade features you know, and obviously uh, all the floor linings and everything that goes into it. Um, so essentially what it's going to take, guys, it's going to take uh, all of us banding together, um, praying, uh, believing for the best and also probably putting our hand in the pocket. Yeah, right. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Then um, can we stage it out? Can you, have you got me? You, can we stage it out? Oh, that's a lot of money. Oh, dear. Yeah, good, good question, Bron. So staging. So... Um, with, with what we raised last year with Rise and Build, um, we, we're hoping to be able to fit out most of the auditorium. Um, but what we, what we have with the construction certificate, before we can actually move in and, and get what's called an occupation certificate, we need to be able to complete all the works. And that includes um, some stuff that we, we probably would have thought that we could uh, not do, some of the stuff out the front, but obviously with access such as the ramps, um, and some of the work that we have to do to be able to get the front finished 
obviously the kitchen, everything has to be up to speed and, and all the code requirements have to be met for us to be able to move in. So that means that um, essentially what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to do the whole building at once. There might be some little things that we could leave out, but essentially we have to, we have to do the whole project in one hit. So uh, that's a great thing. just means that when we move in, we're going to be ready. But obviously, financially, it just means that we're going to need to, uh, we're going to, need to be able to raise that money as quickly as we can so that we can get started and get finished. All right, I'll see you all back at church in a sec. Thanks, Dan. You're a consummate professional. You're amazing. <laughs> all right, let's get straight on into it. Um, you're going to see an image come on the screen. St. Basil's Cathedral in Russia. St. Basil's Cathedral in Russia. There it is. Yeah, that's what our building's going to look like when it's finished, Candy, just like that. And uh, yeah, that's it. Next door's going to look like that. We've got a few levels to go up, and, but we'll get there. And um, it's going to cost us about $3 trillion, so it'll be great. Um, St. Basil's Cathedral, um, they commenced building in, I think it's 1555. Took 123 years, 123 years for it to come to completion. Now, you know, that day, unlike our day in our nation, people didn't live nearly as long. So generations built that temple that never saw its completion and never worshipped in it. Imagine that. Imagine being the layers of the foundation. You never saw it come to pass. In fact, you never saw any of the colour. You probably didn't see anything much um, above the bottom level. I, I doubt you even saw the bottom level of any of it. 123 years. There were generations of families. People didn't move like they do now. Generations of families that worked one after the other until the completion of that building. And for generations, they talked about it, worked on it, and never saw it and certainly didn't worship in it. Uh, I think that we live in a time where we have almost instant everything, don't we? I don't, I don't know what you're like. I don't like waiting for anything. There is one TV show I watch every week, just one show, that I require the TV to, or the TV gets to dictate. It's Survivor. Maybe the best reality TV show ever made. It's the only good reality TV show probably ever made. And, and today I went to, Bron uh, to Lockie. I said, Lockie, is Survivor on tonight? He went, no, no, Dad, it's Monday. And I'm like, wow, another day. We're not used to waiting for anything, are we? 123 years. Imagine the kind of vision that it took. Imagine the kind of um, determination and, and, and sight to perceive something that you would never see a reality in your lifetime. Building something that starts here and outlasts us. Bron mentioned um, David, and I just want to read to you just a few verses as we set this up. 2 Chronicles chapter 6 and verse 7. Solomon's talking about his dad, David, the former king of God's people. He says, My father David had it in his heart to build a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father, You did well to have it in your heart. It's a good thing to build a temple for my name's sake. Nevertheless, you are not the one who will build the temple, but you, your son, uh, your own flesh and blood. He is the one who will build the temple for my name. And, and as Bron alluded to, what, what, what we love about David is, he didn't, he just went, well, if he's going to build it, I'm going to fast track it. What, what, what we love about David when it came to the building process, he understood that if Solomon had to build it, it was going to take his lifetime 
So David says, no, no, I'm going to short circuit this. I'm going to fast forward you into the promise and purpose of God and I'm going to do everything I can before you come to reign and see this come to pass as quickly as we can. And so in 2 Chronicles 29, David says, King David uh, said to the whole assembly, my son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. Um, The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man but for the Lord God. With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God, he says. He talks about his resources, he says. And then he goes on, he says, And besides this, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I have now given my personal treasure as well. If we track down, it talks about the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work. And it says, And they gave willingly. It talks more broadly about the people and says, And anyone who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord. Um, The people, it says, rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to God. And I think that's so important as we come to this, that, that what we're doing today, what we're doing with Rise and Build, is an offering to God. I'm not doing it to impress you. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it to honor God and to connect my life and stewardship of what's in my hand to what God is looking to do in our time. And I think it's a great privilege. We're going to build something that we are already building something that starts with us and will outlast us. And, and, and this Rise and Build for us today, uh, it, it's, it's, it's about that. It's, they, I've written it here, let me read it to you. They led something and did something that started with them and outlasted them. They led something and did something that set up their future, or set up, sorry, that set up the next generation to go further, faster. They led something and did something that actually meant in Solomon's time after David, they lived in unprecedented peace in, from, in all of their history till this moment, unprecedented peace and prosperity. Uh, why was that? Why was that possible? Because of what David and his generation did. As we come to Rise and Build, as we think about what we're doing in this season of our church in the last few years, uh, in the next period of time, as we think about that, um, we sort of stand in a similar place. We're doing something that starts here. It's going to outlast us. We're doing something that, that actually sets up our future and the future beyond us. Um, it's, I think, I really think that we are a tipping point generation in the church. What I mean by that is that the church will go two ways in our nation. It'll go the way of Western Europe, where it's largely become an irrelevant voice, or it will become, become the way it has across the generations in all sorts of cultures right across history, where there's been a tipping point in the other direction. You know, they say 10% of the people, uh, if they get behind an idea, just 10% of a population, you can shift the population in a generation. Right now, we sit at 8%. Right, eight percent of people regularly go to church. About fourteen percent go to church in some sort of rhythm. Eight percent of Australians. We, we could be at a tipping point into irrelevance, or we can be in terms of our generation, or we can create a tipping point for the next generation. We are the tipping point generation. We set up what's about to come. We can set them up to know peace. We can set them up to know the work of God. Think about what's happening right now in our nation. All the voices that speak against the church. And yet, we have a Christian Prime Minister. 
All the voices that speak against the church. I saw just in the last few days he was speaking about, I'll, I'll upset some people. I'm not trying to upset you, but you know, people are vocal on the other end of this conversation. But think about the fact that even something like Safer Schools or whatever that program's called, which is absolutely horrendous, the Prime Minister has come out and said, this makes my, blood, my skin curl. Well, thank God. People can do what they want. You know, we've got more chaplains in schools than ever while they try and shut down Scripture. We've got a Christian Prime Minister, maybe not forever, certainly not forever, but for this season, God's not done. We can be a tipping point generation in the other direction because God's still doing what He said in the song. He's chasing people. He's pursuing people. He's the God of grace and of love. He's not given up. He's not out of ideas. He's just looking for a generation that will believe Him at His word and see His future come. And so for us, it's about all of that and it's also about here and now. It's about what's to come, it's about here and now. I'm looking forward to Beck Simpson's one day children, family of rangers, <laughs> being in church, incredible facilities that they can enjoy and be blessed by, that they can invite, she can invite, they can invite their friends to. I might be an old man by then. Chrissy, you're excommunicated. So, teaching a kids in kids church and who knows but but what I do know we get to build that future we get to build it right now and you and I are here for such a time as this so I'm going to put on the screen or we're going to put on the screen our vision statement we wrote this maybe five years ago we waited a lot of years to write this because we only wanted to write something that we truly believed in not something that sounded good on paper we live in a great city I love Tamworth a community with all kinds of people at every stage of life. Thousands upon thousands of men, women and children in desperate need of Jesus. And a generation of Christians dreaming of an Acts 2 church. Does anyone else dream of an Acts 2 kind of church? I believe we can be that church. A church within the city, more than that, a church for the city. A church 1,000 strong, reaching thousands more. A church with a citywide reach and for everyday people. A church with compelling gatherings stretching across the weekend. Each one unique in style, all of them singular in purpose. Places where lives can rise from ruins into flourishing futures. A growing church where people's lives are enlarging and its walls expanding. A big-hearted church with a heart for its own and a heart for its city. That's the kind of church we're looking, believing God to build. We believe we live in those kinds of days. And to get that done, we need to get buildings done because we need somewhere we can grow into. It's hard to see in the PM service because we've got room. But if you ever come to the 10 a.m. service, I think the last month, apart from today, they, um, is, is people sitting up there. It is essentially full. I'm sure there are people who stay home because it's a little bit cramped. We need to make room to grow. We need to position for what God is doing. It's a miraculous day that we stand in to be here at this time. We get to lead something and do something. Um, you know, it says here, good news for you, my iPad just hit 5%, so I could run out of notes. They, um, we could finish early. Uh, a generation of Christians dreaming of an Acts 2 church. I think we can believe, build that church. I think God will do that. It's his heart. A church 1,000 strong, reaching thousands more. We need to have buildings that make room for that, that give rise to that possibility. Someone might go, I don't think we'll get there, Darren. I mean, we have 800 members now. We have 400 people on a Sunday now. What, it's, 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 
it's not that far away. It's just that it's not been done in a town our size before. So, you know, that day's in front of us. I know not to put numbers in vision statements. I train church planters. Golden rule, don't put a number in your vision statement. Whatever it is, don't put a number in it because it'll be like a noose around your head. Knowing that, we put it in anyway because we're absolutely convinced absolutely convinced that that day is somewhere in our future. We're a church that are pioneers. We're innovators. We're risk takers. We make bold moves. We will see a day, I think in my lifetime. I think while I'm young. Yes, young. I think in my lifetime, we will see a day of a church a thousand strong and a church reaching thousands more. And so, you know, today we want to do something about that. Um, A church with compelling gatherings stretching across the weekend, each one Unique in style, all of them singular in purpose, places where lives can rise from ruins into flourishing futures. How do I know that? Well, that's my story. That's my family's story. From ruins into flourishing futures. That is our story. I have a history of ruins. I have a current reality and so do my family of flourishing. And as I think, I also believe it's in our future. That's easy for me to write and easy for me to believe because it's my personal story. It's my family's story. It's our church's story. You know, from its humble beginnings way back when, across periods of time where people like Bob led it and now us. And so, you know, this is our future rising and flourishing. It is in our days. And I don't know about you, if I was like a person who just went to church, like contributed all of that, but just one service a week, which many of you are, I'd want to go to church on Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. Agreed? That's when I want to go to church. Some of you, you can go Sunday morning forever. Some of you, you're so lazy, you get out of bed for Sunday night, you don't even make it. You're shocking, absolutely shocking. No, I'm only kidding. They, um, but you know what? The world's changed, and so we don't want church just on a Sunday morning. Our plan for years now, and the buildings will are made, uh, the plans are designed for that day to come. Oh, if I only went to one service, 5.30 Saturday night, beautiful. Stay for dinner afterwards, go home, watch Netflix. Sunday morning, it's mine beautiful. I'm honoring God. I might even have you around. In fact, when I retire, I'm going to make sure we've got Saturday night so I can go to that service. <laughs> they, um, so, so, but you know what I mean? Across the week, we want to be that kind of church. We need to do that. We need that to happen so we can do what we're going to do after that in here as well. We're not going to talk about that today because we want to keep us focused on what's in front of us. A big-hearted church. And really, today is an opportunity to make a big-hearted statement for all of us. You're not under pressure, you're not under compulsion, but I tell you what, I want my life to count, don't you? I want it to make a difference. I want my finance to be about more than me and mine. And all I can say on that front is Bron and I, for as long as I can remember in my adult life, have been giving to things like this before we were pastoring churches for all of our time, and I've never come up short. God is faithful. God will turn up. God will do the miraculous. And so let me give you a picture, snapshot, where we're at. Dan explained it pretty well on the fake live link. We are, here's where we stand. Yeah, I know, you didn't know, did you? All your cars looked stolen. Think about where we stand. Now, when Bob um, and Marlene transitioned uh, the church and Bron and I got to step in, we had a a great building that people had sacrificed to. Um, uh, There was a small group of people there. And what we've seen God do in 14 years is pretty miraculous. Um, we own our facilities, we own this building, we own that building. Um, we have the money to essentially build the auditorium. We, we added a couple of things which 
Um, we want to be able to live feed to anyone who wants to take that feed, any little town, any little village. We'll be able to do that. Some of that, most of that, all of that equipment is already purchased. We'll be able to do that. So there are a couple of changes we need to make for that to be a reality, which maybe throws us a bit. But the auditorium is funded. Think about it. We own this building. We own that building. We have the funding to build the auditorium. We own the building in Gyra. Now, we haven't done all that. It's been the miracle work of God and the faithful sacrifice of people over a long period of time. But here's where we stand. That's where we stand. It's a miraculous day. Um, and, and so that's it. Um, the council have slowly processed um, this unusual project. And to be honest, it's been slower than we thought it would be. That's just because we're ignorant of the process, or I am. Um, but on the other side of it, the council have been extraordinarily helpful to us. And you should all know that Tamworth Council being very generous in the way they've approached our church and approached this project. What needs to happen to get to completion? Well, Dan talked about it. We need to raise 300K, $300,000 to finish the project, the cafe, the outside, the fit out, everything, to bring it to completion. And we'd hoped we could stage it. I think, you know, I thought we could. Obviously, we can't. And if you think about it, that makes sense. I told the 10 a.m. service that actually that was on them, not on me, because surely you all realise we had to do it properly. You can't just build a kitchen and then move into your house. So it's not my fault, it's yours. And so we can't. So, but here's where we stand. We're DA approved. The deconstruction's done. We've got a builder in place ready to go. We've got the finance for the auditorium. And now we want to talk about what's to come. Because today is about, I think we will get there. Today is more about um, the speed at which it can happen, the speed at which it can come to completion, the speed at which we can step into um, our God-appointed destiny. We get to speed what's coming now. That's what we can do tonight. We get to speed what God would do, to speed all of this into reality. There are two reasons the progress and the process were slow. One was the council. The other was that we had to use, um, completely use volunteers to deconstruct or demolish the building. And we thank God for the Wickhams. They've got some images coming on the screen. Pretty well since January, they've been there. I don't know how many days and how many weeks um, it has taken, but to this job is so small and we might just flip through some of these images. Just keep going. I want to bring you to the last one because the progress, the, the pro, the, where the project's up to is actually further than where Dan showed us. So you can see all this. It's impossible to gauge how much work has gone into this project for most of us, um, but doesn't it look like hard work? And the next one, and there you go. See all the, all the silver's gone, all the whatever they call that stuff, silver. They call it silver, Bron, not a grid. Sorry, Bron's just using terms that builders don't use. Builders call it silver, silver tin hanging from something. They, um, so it's all done, it's all clear. The deconstruction's done, the DA's done. The auditorium fit out is the money's raised. The builder literally can go in this week. That's where we stand. But what we need to do now is ensure the speed at which the whole project can happen. There are generations biblically who just folded their arms 
and just went, you know what, we're just doing our thing. And sometimes for a hundred years, the temple would sit in somewhere along the completion process. But then there are other generations like David's generation who said, we're not going to see it, but we're going to seed it. And so we're going to seed it and we're going to see it. And that's what we're here to do tonight, that there would be a speed at which this can come to completion, that God could get on with the next thing that he wants to do. And so, you know, as you think about that, let me bring you to this. For us today, it's about the speed, speed the coming of our God-appointed future. We are innovators. It's in our God-given DNA to be pioneers, to take risks, to make bold moves. And yet we've stewarded it well. We've got no debt around any of this at this point in time. That's miraculous. In fact, our story as we wrap this, our story is a miracle. 14 years, that's a miracle. You can break it down however you want. You know, in Esther's time in the Bible, Esther's story, there's not one sort of what a, a, you know, a Christian from our tradition would call a miracle. No one got out of a wheelchair, no blind eyes saw. But her story is a miracle from beginning to end. In Nehemiah's time, when they built the wall and then the temple and, and brought renewal to the, the nation, it started out, there was no miracle by what we call miracles in Jesus' time. There was no miracle like that. But Nehemiah's story and the generation with him is a miracle from the beginning of when God moved to the end of when Nehemiah's work was done. Our story is a miracle from when that day happened to where we stand right now. But the speed of that miracle, it's meant to gather pace. It's meant to gather momentum. You know, I was thinking about this. My, my, I was about to say my friend. He's not my friend at all. You know, many of you would know Hillsong Church. I remember hearing a podcast about 10 years ago and Pastor Brian said, if we will raise enough leaders, God will do something we never saw coming. At that time, they had two locations. Today, they are around the world. Their TV show is watched by more than 100 million, 100 million people. 50 million people will sing their songs this weekend. But he said it when they had two locations just in Sydney. He said, if we will just get this, and I'm telling you, if we will make the speed of this move forward in a God-appointed way, in a God-appointed fashion, we will see things go on that are miraculous way beyond what we've seen already. Can you see that? Can you perceive that? I want you to close your eyes with me as we wrap this tonight. I just want you to close your eyes. I want you to picture this building. You can't picture it in its future because we have not really talked about what it looks like. Now I want you to think about this building and next building. Imagine you're standing out on the street. And I just want you to imagine them both finished. I want you to see the people coming and going from services across Sunday. Families, people broken, older people living on their own who find their family in not necessarily only this place, but amongst this people. I want you to see people responding to the message of Jesus and surrendering their life to Him. I want you to see that tonight. I want you to see auditoriums full and overflowing. I want you to see hands raised in worship of King Jesus. Can you see that? Can you see that? Can you see a thousand people coming and going across the weekend, going back into their lives and into our community. Imagine that, a thousand people. Do you know right now, one in 52 people in our town already attend our church, one in 52. Imagine we doubled that. 
man, 1,000 people in our church is two on a, in a weekend is 2,000 people. That's something like one in 24 people. That's a tipping point. We're nearly halfway there now. Imagine what we can do if you and I respond to Rise and Build tonight. You can open your eyes. When you leave tonight, I want you to walk outside, take a moment and contemplate that as you look back at these buildings. We know it's not about buildings. We know it's about what buildings house, what buildings enable, what buildings release. We know it's all about that. And so will you prayerfully consider, let's get something done. Let's do something way beyond us with our lives. Let's do something that God can bless. And that when, you know, years from now, when we look back, we'll say, man, what a journey it's been. We were truly part of a miraculous time in the city in which we live in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Bronwyn Hillary Bunnell. Could you just grab the card uh, from under your bottom or um, wherever you put it? And just grab a hold of that because we're going to pray together. Regardless of what you're planning to do, if you could just hold that in your hand, we're going to pray as one. And uh, just to update you while you're grabbing that, um, Ganada uh, conducted their Rise and Build this morning and Gaira as well. And, you know, the beautiful nature of the heart of Northwest Church um, is that Gunnada, they're raising money for a building because they're setting up and packing up every single week and we're believing with them for God to do that. Uh, and Gaira said, we really don't know what we need. We're, we feel like we're equipped. We feel like we've got everything. And so we said to them, well, you can either be equipped and, and prepare to be equipped for every good work that might come or you can just sow into Gunnadar as well. And they said, that's what we'll do. We want to sow into Gunnadar. We want to help Gunnadar get a building as well. So that's awesome. And um, so as you've got the card, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we just want to say thank you first, Lord, for everyone that's gone before us. Lord, we don't stand in buildings with no debt because of us, Lord, but it's for peop from people who have gone before us. And Lord, we want to thank you for, for, the, for the leaders of that, these two churches, Lord God. We want to thank you for the Martins and for the Waltons and for the Andrews, Lord, and, and for many, Lord, the Gays, Lord, and, and Lord, all those people that pastored the church before that, Lord. For this church, Lord, for, for Lord, the Jobs, for God, the Ortizes, for the Daltons, Lord God. Lord, for everyone that passed, for the Shafts, Lord God, we pray and thank you so much for them, Lord. Lord, thank you. And we pray that you would bless them abundantly wherever they are at this moment in time right now. But Lord, most of all, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he changed our lives. We thank you that he made it possible to know you, Lord God. And Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that lives and dwells inside of us and is changing us from the inside out day by day and, and uh, helping us to, to act and to will according to your good purpose, Lord God. Lord, we're blessed beyond measure, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for all our material blessings here today, Lord. Lord, in our individual lives, it's from your hand, God. We fully acknowledge that tonight, Lord. We don't take ownership of it, Lord. We acknowledge that it's from your hand. And say, so, Lord, we pray that you would speak to us about what you would have us do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So we've got an item now. Chris is going to sing and Van's going to play. And uh, Hose, if we could just take a moment just to give people time to um, ask God what they would do and fill these out. If you're tech savvy, the best way that you can do this is if you've got the app on your phone, just jump on there right now and down the bottom it says Rise and Build. Click on that and it'll take you through all the steps that you need. Uh, if you would like to give by check or by cash, the containers are coming around in a moment. Um, otherwise, this card 
tells, us, tells you everything you need to know. You can give by card on that. You can give by direct deposit. You can jump um, onto the direct deposit in your own bank account. Uh, or you can make a pledge down the bottom if you're like, yeah, I don't have that kind of funds week to like right now sitting here in my bank account, but I can make a pledge up until Christmas um, or whatever you want to specify. I'd encourage you that if you made a pledge last year and for whatever reason circumstances meant that you couldn't fulfill that pledge, I want to encourage you to ask God, God, would you just have me fulfill my pledge from last year? Because there's something really great about honouring your word and, uh, and just ask God about that. Um, and let's commit this to God in Jesus' name. We give it to Him. It's for the kingdom. You know what? You could be like the Barrys and head to Port Macquarie tomorrow and you'll never uh, be the beneficiary of this, but it's all for the kingdom and it's sowing in no matter what we do in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.